He's already been dead and it's messed with his head. It's John's post-life crisis. Welcome to John's post-life crisis. I am John Johnston, founder of CornNation.com, your Nebraska Cornhusker site of eternal hopefulness that we get out of this mess at some point and get back to something that looks like normal, which includes college football. Today, we're talking with Cody Schmick, co-owner of Kincader Brewing out of Broken Bow, Nebraska. Kincader Brewing has locations in Broken Bow, Grand Island, and Lincoln. And we're going to talk about the effects of no college sports on the hospitality businesses such as those in Lincoln, Nebraska. But first, we're going to let's get a background on Kincader Brewing. Where did the name come from? Sure. Yeah, thanks, John, for having me on. Um, our name is, uh, in 1904, there was an extension of the Homestead Act, which allowed settlers all across the Midwest, uh, all across America, 160 acres of land. Uh, well, up in the Sand Hills, Broken Bow area, um, you couldn't make a living off 160 acres. So they extended that to a full section, which is 640 acres of land. And they did the stake, uh, they staked their claim in downtown Broken Bow. Um, the, the militia was there to keep the peace. It was, it was kind of a wild time, but, uh, Moses Kincaid championed that. And it really is what settled and pulled people up into that broken bow, into that sand Hills area. And it was called the Kincaid act. Uh, and those guys and gals that, that staked their claim at that time were called Kincaiders. So it's hyper local to that area. And, and just in a slice of, of, of time of history, uh, is when they called them Kincaders. But we're, it's funny, since we put this name out here in the last six years, we've had folks, you know, hey, my grandpa was a Kincader, and, and, and some of these stories have come to us, which was our intent in the first place. So it's, it's been cool to connect with people that way. Um, and then some descendants of Moses Kincaid, uh, I've become really, actually really good friends with uh, since then. And, and uh, so, yeah, so that was, that was uh, the, kind of the start of the, the name of, of uh, Kincader. So when did you guys start your brewery and I mean, how did this come about? Sure. So in, um, we, we knew that the brewery boom was kind of coming for Nebraska in 2015, 2016. And we were pushing to get kind of that established date of 2014. And we opened in December. We actually brewed our first batch in August of 2014 and actually opened our retail space in December of 2014. So we actually have our, six-year anniversary this weekend in Broken Bow. We throw a big party up there, and, and so we got bands and, and food and all kinds of stuff, and, and so we're, we're heading to, to Broken Bow this weekend to celebrate for our sixth year. So we're in the midst of a pandemic. Yep. The fact that everybody in the hospitality business, uh, what, what are you seeing? I mean, how you have three locations, so you're not completely exposed to no college sports in Lincoln, but right. right now, how bad is business? What are you seeing happening? Business has been tough, man. It's, um, you know, it's, I've, I've been a business owner since 09. Um, and uh, my family had a business since 05 that we that I had seen and and I know the regular struggles of business I've been around and I'm learning every day um, but man this this 2020 has been a heck of a year um, just it seems like one thing after the next but man you know our team is not doom and gloom right now we're really not we we are taking we took the downtime of when they you know they were kind of shutting down bars and restaurants it seems like there's been a very heavy focus, maybe I would say an unfair focus 
on bars and restaurants for some reason, rather than big retail or anything like this. And I, I'm not one of these guys that, that, you know, I, I don't hate Walmart or anything. I think, you know, let them do what they want to do, but it does seem like there's been a political focus on restaurants and bars for some reason. And I, I'm not sure why that is. Nobody's explained that to me. I don't know if the data is showing that it's, it's growing in bars and restaurants more than other places, but for some reason they're picking on us and, and that's what it feels like anyway. So, um, uh, but we, you know, downtime, we were, we were down to, we've been as low as 30% of our regular sales, uh, for, uh, you know, a couple months where this last month we have started picking up and we're, we're, you know, trying to diversify how we present our services to our customer and trying to, I mean, we're pushing home kegs like crazy right now. And I, I built up a nice little uh, list of, of guys and gals that enjoy to have a tap beer on at their home bar. And so that's been helping pay some of the bills. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's a time that we have had to stick and move a little bit and, and try to figure out what is the uh, what's the next step for our team. One of the things where we were really proud of is even through the worst of it, we kept every full-timer employed in our company. Uh, we have about 90 people on the Kincader team now, a mix of part-time and full-time folks. And that's salespeople, and that's, that's uh, servers, that's cooks, that's brewers, you know, um, uh, graphic design people, social media people. And we kept every, every full-timer we kept employed through the whole thing. So we were, we were, that was a feather in our cap. And, and we were really, really pleased to be able to get through that uh, with our whole team intact. So you guys have a tap room in Lincoln. We do. Do you, do you see, I mean, what do you see the impact of no fall sports having on, you're in the Haymarket area. Yeah. What do you see the impact of no football, no volleyball having on that area? So if you're not familiar with our spot, we uh, are in the Lincoln Station building. It's, it's literally, it's adjacent to the rail yard. Everybody is familiar with the rail yard. Uh, there's a train right down there in our backyard there. So my, um, my landlord, Jim Arter, fantastic guy. He owns that building. He owns that train area, uh, that whole kind of back, um, uh, I guess we, it, was, it was once the platform for the train station. Uh, he owns all that. And so we're in the north end of that building. Um, Jim's been fantastic working through us. I mean, he called us up and said, hey, we're all getting through this. Everybody in Lincoln Station um, he gave us a month free rent. And so he's been cool where, you know, next door at the rail yard, it's, it's a little bit of a ghost town over there right now. And it's, it's not, uh, I'm hoping somebody figures this out. Cause I think we're down to two or three bars in the whole rail yard area now. And this was before this pandemic hit. So now this hit, I'm in close communication with a lot of those guys. Um, in, in dollars and cents, you know, I, 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 I do things off of percentages a lot. If we hit what we did last year, if we would have hit what we did last year, those seven home games consist of 25% of our yearly sales. So we'll be down. I, we're anticipating being down 25 to 30%. Um, so if, if let's say there was no pandemic, but there was just canceled football and it was business as usual and then canceled football, we'd be down 25%. If you had the pan pandemic on top of it, can cater in that location will probably be down 30, 30%, 35% this year. So um, we're, we're trying to do things to make up for that. We're trying to 
you know, sell kegs out, out the, out the door to individual customers. Um, and, uh, but yeah, it's, it's going to hit us hard for sure. Um, luckily we have a great landlord to work with us. We have great banks to work with us and they've helped us through this. You know, I've heard, I've heard crazy numbers from economists out there that, that the, the brewery scene as a whole in the country, uh, could be taken as much of a, as a 30%, uh, hit to, um, to, uh, like closing breweries. So, uh, I don't know if we'll see any of that in Nebraska or not. Nebraska has done a good job of, I think, maintaining, you know, what we need to do from a health standpoint, but also giving businesses at least a chance to survive through this thing where we're seeing a lot of these other states are just shutting down and these guys have no choice. So, so we're lucky to be here in Nebraska, I think, uh, for the most part. And, and, but yeah, football is definitely going to hurt us. And, and our team was, uh, was pretty down the day that, uh, that was announced, but. So you guys are less exposed than other bar owners down there because of your different locations. I, I think so. Um, as a company, we can uh, spread that loss out a little bit more. Um, you know, I, I feel so bad for the guys that, man, they saved their whole life and, and they're going to open their own bar. And, and I know a couple of these guys and, 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 in February, they're like, you know what, we're pulling the trigger on this. We're putting our savings into this. And then all this happens. I can't imagine, you know, we, we had built up, uh, you know, enough um, outside business. It, the other thing that's really helping us is we're not just a bar. We're not just restaurants. We do distribution and package beer as a whole is actually up right now. So our, our, our brewing side and our package side, we're selling more to grocery, you know, high V's and, and, and street liquor and, and the still and some of these spots are buying more of our stuff right now um, during this time too, because I think more people are sitting home and drinking. So, <laughs> Well, everybody's working remotely and nobody cares. Right. You know. <laughs> I don't wear pants anymore. <laughs> I think those afternoon beers, you know, happy hours starting earlier and earlier, I think, as people work through this. So, so have you talked to other people about maybe planning some events or some kind of some way to draw people into the Haymarket area that uh, patrons could have fun with? I, yeah. What might those events, be? And, so there's, there's um, uh, a thing that we have to navigate right now called social media, right? And there's this, the, the mob of social media, as I call it. And, and no matter what you do, there's going to be somebody that's, that, that doesn't like what you're doing. And so, you know, events, events are super tough right now because if, you, if you're pushing too much for this crowd of people, you know, to get together and have a beer, you kind of get strung up on the, on the social media side. And so we have to navigate that well. Um, I think we do a pretty good job. We had an event. We kind of tested the market about three weeks ago, tested – I, you know, we don't get into to business because we're afraid to push limits, right? We get into business because we want to push limits. We want to have, have that kind of thing. So, so our team, uh, as, as responsibly as we can, we're going to push the limit and we're going to try to see what we can do and, and, and see how things work. So we had an event a few weeks ago that we call it Kinkater Palooza. Bring out some food, bring out a couple bands. We brought in more tables and chairs than we normally do. We sat them six feet apart. We put eight, eight chairs at a place. 
I don't know if it could have been a more picture perfect kind of socially distanced event. You know, there were some folks that were wanting to get up and dance and stuff, but if we kind of put tables in those areas, um, uh, even the city attorney, uh, the day after the, or the weekend after the event, she came up to me and she said, Hey, checked out you guys' event this weekend. You guys, it looks like you did a really good job. And so that gave me some hope that, um, that we can do some stuff like that without, you know, causing harm or, or extending this or, you know, um, really, really, we want to not be part of that problem. I don't want, I don't want us to have this big, you know, uh, flare up of cases in the, you know, in the hay market. It's all centered around Kincaider's event. You know what I mean? That would not be good PR at this point. But um, so we, we're going to do it again. October 17th, we're going to do our Oktoberfest. Uh, this is an event that's been important to um, Kincaider since the very beginning. Uh, so we have three Oktoberfests. We do uh, November. We're doing November 18th in Grand Island. I think that's that Friday. October 3rd is our big one in Broken Bow, and then October 17th is our our uh, big one in Lincoln. So uh, we have them at each of our locations. Um, you know, play some games. We have some competitive stuff. Give out some prizes. We'll have some food. Uh, you know, our, our Oktoberfest beer, that's kind of, we save our last few kegs for those events and they're always a ton of fun. And I think we can do it in a way, um, that will, will stick with local DHMs and local mandates. And, and, and while we're maybe pushing the limit a little bit, we're going to stay within those guidelines and, and make sure people, I think people desperately need that kind of stuff right now. I think people are, you know, you, you read all these studies of, of mental health and things that are going on. People need to be around each other, man. Like they need to have a beer with their neighbor and friends. And so if we can do it in a way that, that is not canceling out any of the progress that we've made, we want to do it. We want to be the guys to do it. And so that's what we're really, really trying to do. And our team is fully on board with how we're handling this. And, and, and we're, I, I talk with health, the health officials weekly right now. I'm talking with the cops weekly right now. Hey, where, where's this at? Where's, cause there's so much information out there. There's so much crazy, you know, information. This has become so politically charged. So we're just trying to get down to the meat of it and say, Here, what can we do? Here's our plan. What do you guys see type thing? So other than these events, I mean, what can Nebraskans do to support the businesses down the Haymarket? I mean, I guess here's an honest, here's just a blunt question. You said push limits. I mean, you'd think somebody who is maybe a celebrity, maybe had a lot more uh, public, public awareness. I don't know, like Larry, the cable guy, like sure. would come out and start organizing or pe pulling people together to organize events that are down there or is there the danger of having actually too many people in the rail yard and then everybody goes ballistic? And I mean, there's a lot of, like you said, there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of, you know, don't go too far. You go over the edge. Right. right. And then the police are coming and then you're that right. guy who's caused all these problems, you know, right. probably no. why Larry, the cable guy wants nothing right. to do with this. Or somebody like that. You know what I mean? Somebody who has the public eye. It's a balancing act for sure. I know there's a lot of bars and restaurants that are just throwing their hands up and saying, it's not worth it right now. It's not worth pushing that. We're, we're not one of those. We're, we're going we're gonna to try to do these things. We feel like people desperately need these things, you know? And, and so, um, you know, I, I think the city of Lincoln has actually been doing some pretty cool things in that they're letting uh, restaurants kind of expand their area out onto the sidewalks to where that we can have those, those spread out tables and chairs. 
Um, I think things like that are great. You know, I think um, uh, as long as we're kind of working through these events uh, with, with kind of two things in mind, one, we want people to come out and have a great time, but we also want them to be safe. And, and so, you know, I don't know, I don't know what a, a Larry, the cable guy could do. I, I don't know if, if that would be, you know, a lot of people are, are not wanting to touch it with a 10 foot pole right now, just because of that uh, kind of that, that Facebook mob, you know, it can, it can get away from you pretty quickly. And, and so we're, we're just trying to navigate it, man, each day and, and do the things we do and, and try to, the, the cool thing about our spot down there, is we uh we we can set it up pretty well to still run business but keep within that six foot those eight people you know some of these guidelines um and and for the most part we've had our customer base has been super cooperative in that they're not they're not fighting us they're not they understand that we're under under kind of this um uh this eye you know like i said restaurants and bars have been it seems like it's a, the eye and the focus has been a little heavier on them than, and maybe, maybe I just feel that way because that's my industry. No, but, I, but. I, I think it's because politicians hate fun unless it's their own <laughs> and they're completely for it. They look out there and they go, look, the people are joyful and we must crush their joy right. in some way former, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know what it is, man. I, I, you know, we've, we've, uh, we've tried to work with this and we're, we just actually opened another another bar during this um, on 16th and P uh, called Boombox Social, and it is uh, it's kind of uh, it's kind of um, what do they call that when you, you name a bar social during social distancing time? I I can't think of the word, but, but uh, uh, it's a college focused bar, and these kids are 21 to 28. And they're not, see, especially in Nebraska, they're not seeing it. A lot of these kids are coming from rural areas. They're coming from a place where they haven't known anybody that's had Corona, right? Like they, it hasn't affected them. Um, you know, I think last time I checked, I haven't looked at r- recent numbers, but I think under 40 in Nebraska, we've had one death in, in, in all of this. So these kids are coming 21, just turning 21. You know, they're young. They want to see their friends. They want to, like that's their life, right? Like that, if they just have to stay in their dorm room, like why did I even move to Lincoln? And so uh, that one has been even more of a challenge. I'll be honest with you, because these kids, man, it's, it's like I said, it's just not real to them. They come in, they want to party. They want to have a good time. They want to chat with their friends. They want to flutter around the room. You know, they want to, they want to be seen. And, and so we, we have four security guys that basically just, they're fun haters. And they're like, come on guys, you gotta stay in your groups, you know? And it's like, I mean, it's, it's really like, uh, you know, just herding cats because these, uh, these kids just, they just don't, it's not real to them. And, and, and I don't blame them. Like, uh, you know, some of these kids would rather die of Corona than not be able to go out and have fun. You know what I mean? Well, if if I was 21 right now, I, I'd be doing that. I mean, I was pretty much a rabble rouser, through all yeah. of my college years. And I don't yeah. know if you've noticed that people that we've uh, uh, selected for our presidential candidates, I would have the attitude that I would the hell with the old people. If this is what I got to choose from, I mean, right. they, yeah, get rid of them. <laughs> yeah. But you know what the funny thing is, is a lot of these, a lot of these people are like, Oh man, these college kids are awful. They're, I don't see it that way, man. They're just young. They, 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 they're respectful. They've every kid that I've interacted with at our, at our bar, at our club there, 
has been super cool. They understand something's going on. They don't quite understand how we're going about this or why we're going about this. Cause like I said, it doesn't seem real to them, but, um, but they're, they're very respectful and I, we haven't had any really incidents of, of, of somebody, you know, uh, not, not listening or whatever. And, and, and we're trying to be respectful on the other side because we understand what they're going through and, and the world's a little different for them right now, especially as they're going through these big transition phases of their life, you know? We seem to forget what we did when we were young, when we get old. <laughs> like, and, and I think it's yeah. on purpose. Like, you know, so we can be angry or just, God <laughs> damn kids these days. And right, right. Clouds, things right. like that. Do we, you have, you guys have a lot of beers. Yeah. I mean, I looked at your website and it's like, good Lord. <laughs> what, what, tell us about your product. Sure. Tell us about your beer yeah. and, and stuff like that. So we brew 50 beers a year. We, uh, we release almost a, a new beer every 10 days, seven to 10 days. Um, it's, uh, it's something that's, we, I mean, it's so fun it, to be able to, we're big enough that we can push a little bit of beer out, but we're also small enough that we can, we can try some stuff and have some fun with it. And we're not just brewing, you know, one or two beers. Um, we're pretty pleased with our portfolio too, because even our best selling beer, um, is about 30% of our sales. There's some breweries that they'll, they'll, they'll just have this hip beer and it'll be 80, 90% of their sales. That would scare the stuffings out of me because it's, uh, I want, I want people to enjoy. Yeah, too much. I mean, if that beer and, 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 and to be honest, craft beer drinkers are a very fickle bunch. They want the next new thing all the time. And, um, uh, so if, if one of my beers was 70% or 80% of my business, yeah, I I would, I'd be working hard to get another hit beer out there, but luckily and how, how Danny and the brew crew has, has done it is we have, we have some beers that are kind of our, our bill paying beers is what I call it. You know, they're in that 30 to you know 40% of our business range, but then a lot of our other beers are just, um, we get to experiment. We get to have fun. We get to, we get to try new things. You know, we did a whole series last summer of peanut butter beers. You know what I mean? And, and back in the day, who would have ever thought that a peanut butter beer, they sold like crazy. I, I found out there's this whole group. They're not exactly my jam, but I mean, they were all well-made beers. And if you like the flavor of peanut butter, man, that people were coming out with them. So, so it's fun. We don't take ourselves too seriously. We want to take the, there's a, there's a bit of, there's a bit of pretentiousness in craft beer. Or there has been in the past that we are, it's one of our missions to take the pretentiousness out of craft beer, right? This is a beer that you're sitting, I can sit across from any guy, race, religion, age, whatever. And if I share a beer with him, we can find something in common. We, that, that beer is really a bridge between men, I feel like. And so it's, it's, if you sit across uh, from another guy and put a beer in your hand, uh, you can find some common ground. And so uh, how can something like that be pretentious, right? Like that is the best. So that's why we love beer, man. It's really is. So what is your most popular beer? So Devil's Gap Jalapeno Ale is our most popular beer. It is? And it is. Yeah. I would have never guessed it, but Danny has been brewing this beer for years, years and years. I mean, he probably had been brewing it for 10 years before we even started this brewery. And so when, when, when I partnered with him, he said, man, we got to do this jalapeno beer. And I'm like, jalapeno beer, I, uh, hard pass, you know? And, 
and he brewed it. It's a dang good beer, man. It's a damn good beer. And, and so um, uh, there's some Nebraskans that like uh, this thing called red beer. I don't know if you've ever heard of a red beer, but <laughs> we claim, we claim the Devil's Gap makes the best red beer in Nebraska. So we push that pretty hard too. So a little bit of pepper in there, a little bit of the tomato, you know, and, and uh, that one does well. We have a couple variations of that beer. We have a raspberry Devil's Gap version. So it's a raspberry pepper beer. And then we just came out with a tropical one that has some flavors of pineapple, guava, and then obviously the pepper. So that Devil's Gap brand uh, kind of the we brew a, a, a new beer every time we make a variation of that beer, but the consistent thing is that jalapeno flavor, and and we use all fresh jalapenos, um, and it's something that uh, uh, that has just taken off. I mean, it's one of these beers that people either love or hate it, and if they love it, they're absolute freaks for it. We got this old boy from Texas that he'll come up and he'll buy a truckload of that stuff. And then he'll come back in six months and buy buy some more. So it's uh, it's uh, it, that's been a fun one to to grow for sure. So, wow, fifty beers—that's amazing. I mean, how well known are you? Let's say just in the state of Nebraska. I mean, who are your main competitors, and, and yeah, how are you yeah. going to crush them in business? <laughs> <laughs> so, so I come, my background is grocery, which is a cutthroat business. So me and my, my family opened grocery stores in McCook in 05. Uh, we, we, we grew our, our company to four grocery stores. We had two in Lincoln up till recently. We sold, we sold all four grocery stores in the past 14 months. And I was focused on this and my brothers are doing other things, but that I come from this cutthroat business, right? And then I come into the craft beer scene. And there's still definitely some, some great, um, uh, you know, competition and there's some, you know, there's some, uh, um, I don't know, just healthy competition, but we all, overall, we want to see the craft beer scene continue to grow in Nebraska. And so we have that in common. So we, we have, I think one of the strongest, uh, uh, guilds, um, in, in, in the surrounding States for sure. Uh, the Nebraska Brewers Guild, and we want to see everybody win, but, uh, but like I said, there's de definitely some healthy competition. Uh, we've hit that top spot in Nebraska a few times, um, uh, you know, selling the most, if, if you want to gauge it off of gallons of beer, uh, we've hit that top spot a few times. Uh, we've had, uh, um, I would say like the heavy hitters in the States are Zipline, um, Nebraska Brewing, Empyrean, you know, some of these guys, but we have such great relationships with these guys. I mean, I have most, at least some of their beer in my personal fridge, you know, and I know they do the same and, and we like to share and we like to, we like to do these things. And it, it's not all kumbaya, you know, there, like I said, there's some, some healthy competition, but uh, uh, it's a different industry. It really is. So where the grocery store is, is this cutthroat industry. We understand as a whole that it's, we got, you know, that rising tide lifts all boats and, and really our competition, I always say this, our competition is Netflix, right? Like getting people out of the house. <laughs> you know what I mean? Our competition isn't the bar down the street or the other brewery. 
our competition is 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 getting people out of the house and and during a pandemic that's even a harder harder thing that competition becomes a little stiffer too so um but yeah no i mean we're we're in the top five production breweries every month um we've hit the top spot a couple times hit second spot third spot a few times um we uh we are really high and this is maybe not the right thing to do, but we don't really look at what other breweries are doing. We're hyper-focused on our own thing, what we want to do, how we want to grow our company. I am a numbers guy, so I'm obviously looking at the numbers as well, but uh, um, company culture is so important. Every person that we're, I'm confident in saying that every person that works for Kincader really enjoys their job and likes working with our team. And that to me, that's a huge, you know, that's, that's, you can measure success different ways, right? So, so which which is your favorite personal favorite beer? Do you have sure. your own beer that you have at home, or you have in the yeah. brewery? And nobody else ever gets it. Yeah, <laughs> no, no, I don't. I mean, we're, we we do brew some small batch stuff once in a while that we, but we we mostly share it. Um, we my go to beer of ours is my four our four county pale ale. I always have a six pack of that in my fridge. Um, but man, I love whatever Danny's brewing new, man. I mean, there's, there's a, we just, we have this summer beer, grapefruit Rattler. It's a German wheat beer dosed with a little grapefruit. It is killer, man. You can, I, I love that beer. I mean, for a summertime going fishing, going to the lake, you cannot beat that beer. There's some other Rattlers out there, some national brands. And I think we beat the pants off of those with our Rattlers. So, so that one I've been drinking a lot of this summer, um, I love the new Tropicale, the, the Devil's Gap. It's our, it's our pineapple mango pepper version of Devil's Gap. So that one has been, it's just, it's just a super, I don't know, complex beer. And you get every flavor advertised uh, in one drink. And so I, I really enjoy that one too. You know, I, I spent a lot of time in college drinking beer, beer. Yeah. Generic beer. <laughs> We're the cheapest crap possible. I mean, beer has changed so much. I mean, you talk sure. about the pretentiousness and kind of the snobbishness. Yeah. I'm not a pale ale guy, uh, but wow, it's changed a lot. And where do you see it going over the next, let's say, 10 years? You just see expansion I, until you crush Anheuser-Busch in this crap that people <laughs> call Bud Light? No, no. You know what? We have a we have a rule within our company not to talk crap about any other brewery, and that's including that's including Anheuser Busch. So, um, you know, we're we're beer fans overall. We're we're not we're not gonna chase trends. We're not gonna chase some of these things. We just want to continue to brew. I think the guys that will end up coming out on top of this because there is going to be some, there's going to be a little bit of a bubble burst at some point and this pandemic may, may uh, accelerate that bubble burst because there's so many breweries opening up. And I think the guys that are going to come out on top are going to, are going to have um, good branding, good marketing, right? Like if you, if you don't, I always say this, you, and that's my end of the business. So you have to sell the beer to a guy before he drinks it. Right. And so to sell that, and, and I'm a grocery store guy, so I know how much competition there is on the shelves. So you have to catch their eye. You have to do something cool and creative and artistic and fun, and you got to catch their eye first. Then they take it, take it home or take it to a party or throw it in their fridge, and then they pop it open, and that beer better be good, right? The, the, the reason that a lot of this bubble is going to burst is because there's a lot of breweries out there making subpar beer right now. And it's, it's, it's not great. And so it muddies the waters and, and especially in rural areas, right? So if you, 
if you go into a rural area like Broken Bow and you open up a shop and you're selling craft beer and these old boys come in and they go, they, they slap their $5 down and they want a Coors Light or they want a Bud Light or they want a Bush Light. And if you're a jerk to them and, and, and you're, you're pretentious, oh, we only brew our own beer. That's going to turn them off first, right? And then if you put a bad beer in front of them and they drink it, they're going to go, just what I thought, craft beer sucks. <laughs> and so, so uh, we want to see these new breweries popping up make excellent beer. And as long as you're open to the feedback and the criticism of when you have a bad beer and know when a beer needs to go down the drain, I think those are the guys that, that um, uh, will ex- excel. You got to be careful of getting ego wrapped up in it too, right? Like when you make something – you want people to enjoy it, and, and it can, if you have too much ego in it, you can push it through, even though it's probably not a beer that should be out in the market. So I think those, those guys, those ones that are, that are making a good, solid product are going to be the ones to exceed. Craft beer trends, I think sour beers are going to continue to grow. I mean, that's a whole category that, that I, you know, people didn't even think about five years ago. I think I actually think German lagers are going to continue to grow. And that's one of our favorite beers to, to brew. Um, I think you're going to see some just like solid staple beers continue to grow. I think you're going to see hoppy beers continue to, uh, you know, we've seen, we've seen, it, it was all about clarity and hoppy beers forever. And now, and now there's this whole hazy hoppy beer. So they want to see that haziness in there. And that trend doesn't seem like it's going away either. So I think those, those, those would be my predictions for kind of the next wave of, of beers we're going to see. So you mentioned earlier, you mentioned home kegs or people having yep. home bars and getting kegs at home. Tell us about how people get your beer without sure. going to three locations. If, like I'm, I live in Minnesota. In Nebraska, I could go to a grocery store, right? And probably yep. find your beer there. Absolutely. Is there any way for me to get it in Minnesota? No, <laughs> other than coming here. So we, you know, there, there's some Nebraska breweries that are hitting some of these states that are close to us. We have decided as a company that we're gonna, we're gonna stick in Nebraska for the time being. Now, if we feel like there's a, there's an easy relationship in another state that we can, that we can go to and we, we can sell, you know, a couple pallets of beer a month to them. Uh, we'll definitely consider it. We're not saying we're never going out of state, but at this point and the, the way the laws are written, I can't even ship you a six pack of beer. If I'm a license holder, I can't ship it to you. Now, if you have a friend in Nebraska, that's not a liquor license holder, they can absolutely ship. It's not illegal to ship beer. It's illegal for me to ship beer since I am uh, a license holder in Nebraska. So at this point you have to come to us in order to get that beer. Um, there is some keg dealers throughout the state. Uh, that that uh, work with us on selling home kegs. We do, I would say, the majority of it out of our three spots. So we're we're pretty well, you know, um, you know, Broken Bow, Grand Island, uh, Lincoln, eventually Omaha. We're looking at Omaha pretty hard right now. We would have probably pulled the trigger on Omaha this year if it wasn't for the pandemic, but uh, we'll be in Omaha, I think, within within a year or two. And uh, so we're looking at that, and 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 that's exposing us to the majority of Nebraska's population at this point. And so we're building those guys that have that home keg rater, that have that home bar. I've helped guys find the right keg rater for their house and help them, you know, get it bought and get it delivered to them and things like that. Because 
man, if they're going to continue to buy that keg of beer and, and put it in their shops or put it in their, 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 their man caves or whatever, then it's, it's going to help us overall to continue to move, move that product. So if I want a keg of beer, I can go to one yep. of your three locations Yep. and what sizes are available? So, so we do five gallon kegs that are called six barrels. Uh, like one sixth the barrel, the fraction. Uh, and then we do 15.5 gallon kegs uh, that are called half barrels. And that's kind of your standard keg size is that half barrel. So what I always tell people, there's about 40 pints of beer in the small one and about 120 pints of beer in the big one. Um, we sell them, we sell them pretty cheap. I mean, you're getting your beer for just over a dollar a draw. Uh, if you're buying it that way and going home. Um, so yeah, I've got a whole list of guys. I actually manage the ones all in Lincoln. So if you got a home kegerator and you, uh, you text me, um, Hey, I'll send you the current list. What's out right then you let me know. And then let me know when you're going to pick it up. Um, the way, the way, uh, the governor had actually changed here during the pandemic and to my knowledge, it hasn't changed back yet. We can actually deliver beer as well. So we have a little group in Omaha. I got one of, one of the guys that works for me in Lincoln. He actually lives in Omaha and commutes. So he'll haul kegs back and forth, uh, to, uh, some customers in Omaha as well. And right now, Every keg sale, you know, matters to us. Every every package sale matters to us um, as we're uh, as we're navigating ourselves through this. So, so is there anything else you want to tell people that I haven't brought up, or you know, if you want to follow us, um, I mean, the main we we've kind of built this whole business off of Facebook and Instagram. So follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, we think we do really really well at letting our customers know what's new, what's going on. Uh, we do have some mail lists out there that you can subscribe to on our website, kinkaterbrewing.com. Um, so yeah, we, we just connect with us, man. Like that's really the main thing. We want to continue to build that, that uh, connection with our customer. And, and if you guys are following us, you get to see kind of that up-to-date information. Um, uh, myself and one other gal runs the social media for the entire company. So we have that consistent voice. We have that. If, if you're messaging our social media is you're getting right to me and I'm probably going to be the one that's going to respond to you. And we, we take a lot of pride in, in that connection with customers. If somebody shows our brand some love or show or asks or is interested about our brand, I think we have to have that communication. And so we, I think we run some of the best social medias uh, in our industry in the state. I'm really proud of that um, and, and how we can uh, have that constant communication with our customers. And, and I think that's so important in small business. So I noticed you have a hail varsity ale, but you don't have any <laughs> nothing up here that says coronation stout or anything like that. What the hell? This needs to be rectified or something. So the the hail varsity guys reached out to us, and actually one of their um, I don't even know for sure what his title is, but Chris Gorman's a buddy, old buddy of mine. We've known each other. Uh, oh shit, uh, probably fifteen years. And, uh, uh, we reconnected when I moved to Lincoln and he, he, uh, uh, said, man, I, I'm part of this magazine, hail varsity. And he said, let's, ha let's have a, let's brew this beer. So we came up with hail ale. We were actually going to release it in cans this football season. And we, we had, uh, we had to put that on the shelf for the time being. So we, we, uh, we decided we're as soon as football kind of comes, if, if for some reason they have spring football or whatever, we're going to release it then. If not, we're going to wait till next fall and release that beer. But I, you know what? I think a coordination uh, uh, beer might be a might be a good next step. So let's let's talk about it. <laughs> okay, 
we're, we've been talking with Cody Schmick, who is the co-owner of Kincader Brewing out of Broken Bow, Nebraska. Uh, we're going to end here. I thank you for joining me and talking to me about the about beer mostly and yeah. the economic woes that uh, some of you guys are going to face in the hospitality business. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to tell Husker fans? Man, keep your keep your heads up, man. We've got we've got such a strong uh, base, man. Nebraskans are resilient. So proud to be a Nebraskan and and uh, proud to be a part of this this crew in Lincoln. Um, this is something you support your small businesses, man. That's, that's, that's the main thing I could say. If you don't want to see your, your favorite spots or your favorite place to get a beer, go away, go in there, go in there more often, do takeout, do whatever you need to do to support these guys through this time. Um, and I think we can, we can get through this with, with very few casualties as long as Nebraskans will, will step up and, and help with these local guys. So I would encourage y'all to do that. Follow us on social media and uh, let's connect. Let's have a beer. <laughs> All right. Thank you for listening and go Big Red. Go Big Red.